When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 66 to 87 podcast for the first time since back in, gosh, Dave, what was it, April or May? It's a regular season edition of the 66 to 87 podcast. I am Tom Reed, and of course, joined as always by Dave Molinari, and Dave is in Columbus, Ohio today. Dave, how are you enjoying my fair city? It's uh, just a little slice of heaven. In fact, it's a... It's a healthy slice of heaven. Well, it was healthier than that pizza we just got done eating. Uh, but, uh, you know, such is life. And you got to enjoy it while you can. And speaking of enjoy it while you can, the Penguins with eventually Sidney Crosby and Malkin at some point this December. Enjoy them while you can. Because we don't know how much longer we're going to have two of the best players in the league on this team. And, uh, again, a chance for them, for the Penguins to make – some kind of noise in the playoffs. It's been so difficult the last three or four years, four consecutive playoff losses. Um, but this team, Dave, I think is to the point where we can't be sure, given year to year, if they're going to make the playoffs. And I, I, you and I were talking off air. I think last year you thought they were kind of a borderline team as far as making the playoffs, right? Uh, yes, uh, that's correct. And, uh, you know, they, they won the division there, so they can only hope that they could be so borderline this year. Um, uh, you know, I, I think Carolina this year is probably going to be the favorite uh, for most people in the Metropolitan Division, but I expect it to be an ultra-competitive group this year um, where a, a team could finish first or fifth, you know, just as, as easily with, you know, with the, the season being shaped by things like injuries to key personnel, how serious those injuries are, how long the guys are out, uh, what kind of organizational depth you have to deal with, with those losses, you know, slumps that are unexpected from, from key contributors, you know, there are, the margin for error is going to be so small in, in the division this year that, you know, it really is a, uh, you, you might as well pick the projected order of finish out of a hat. Yeah. And, and you know, the other thing, Dave, is, is, is again, we have to, for, for fans, we have to kind of reset what, what's going on here. It's, you have the, the two divisions in the Eastern Conference, <laughs> and boy, when you look at that other division, the Atlantic division, right? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I mean, you're talking about two-time defending Stanley Cup champion in the Tampa Bay uh, Lightning. You have uh, the Florida Panthers, who, oh, by the way, those are the Penguins' first two opponents on the road starting next week. Um, you have the Boston Bruins, who always find a way to get in with that veteran team and that that great first line. And right there, if I just listed those three teams, you only get three uh, for sure 
uh, qual playoff qualifiers from each division. I haven't even mentioned Toronto, or I haven't mentioned the team that went to the Stanley Cup final last year, the Montreal Canadiens. So I guess it's a, maybe a long-winded way of saying around, there is no margin for error because that division could easily put five teams in as well. Yeah, it could. I mean, I, I, I think uh, Montreal, despite getting to the cup final last year, is in kind of a tough way to start the season, possibly even tougher than, than the Penguins in, in the sense that they're going to be without Carey Price sure. for an, you know, an indefinite period of time. Um, and, you know, he is so instrumental to, to their success. Um, I think that, you know, they're going to find it pretty tough to stay afloat, uh, with him gone. Uh, yeah, people who, who look at the Metropolitan Division and talk about how strong it is, you know, often say that, well, you know, at least five of the teams will be able to get into the playoffs since you're only guaranteed three Eight. qualifiers for, from each division and, and then, you know, two others. Um, but, you know, when, when you look at the, you know, especially the top four clubs in the Atlantic, you know, which one of those isn't going to make it? Do you, I mean, yeah. do you really think the Bruins will sit it out? Uh, you know, the, the, the Lightning, you have to kind of like their chances of sneaking in. Yes. Uh, Florida has built a pretty nice team there. And the Maple Leafs, for all of their woeful playoff history, um, have a team that when you when you look at it on paper, it's kind of hard to make the case that uh, that the Maple Leafs won't get in. So it's uh, it's not going to be easy. Get you know, get, simply getting into the playoffs, let alone having success there, is going to be quite a challenge this season. All right, uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, Montreal or I'm sorry, Toronto is one of those teams. They're, they're a great regular season team. They're, uh, they, this is a really backhanded compliment for them, but they are built for the regular season. Uh, the way that they play the game, uh, you, you don't have a lot of time to prepare for opponents night to night, unlike in the playoffs. And they are they can just bring it when they're on offensively. They're really good. And so are the Penguins. But but Dave, it's going to be a while. It's going to be a while before they, they get up to full strength if, if they don't have any more injuries that they do. We talked about this when Malkin went out, and I think we may have mentioned it again with Crosby, I think one of the the blessings of 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 this coming season is it's not last year. I would not like this team's chances if this was a fifty six game schedule like last year. I think I think you could. I think it's it's fair to say this team could struggle out of the gate between the a kind of a real challenging schedule in the opening weeks and the fact that you're missing your two Hall of Fame forwards. Uh, I do, however, think that they can make up the ground. I want to get your thoughts about the, the the start to this, the first month or so, where this team could be sitting, you know, a month or two into the season. Well, yeah, I mean, you mentioned the schedule. You you look at their first half dozen games or so, it would probably be more fun to, you know, take a headfirst dive into a chipper shredder than to, <laughs> to, you know, face that, you know, you start out in Tampa and Florida and then you – you come home for, I think it's an eight-game homestand, but, you know, the teams they're going to play are, you know, the Lightning again and Toronto. And, you know, the, the breather in the group is Dallas, which was, you know, in the cup final two seasons ago. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's going to be quite a, quite a challenge. And especially, I mean, perhaps 
<clears throat> at the end, by the end of that stretch, or maybe even shortly before it ends, you know, they maybe they'll have Crosby back. They certainly won't have Malkin back by then, but, uh, you know, we still don't know Jake Gentle's status since he had the positive COVID test, uh, you know, uh, and you know, Zach Aston Reese, as of the time we're recording this, his status isn't completely clear. So, you know, they're, they're going to be starting with a, uh, a, a diluted lineup uh, against a very potent uh, string of opponents. The good thing is, if, if there is a good thing, um, is that they've had this, the entire training camp to prepare to be without Crosby and Malkin. Um, they seem to play their best team defense when they know that it's absolutely necessary. And, you know, it, that will absolutely be a, a matter of survival for them in the early going. They're yes. not out, they're not likely to outscore too many opponents. And, yeah. you know, if, uh, if they embrace what, uh, you know, what Mike Sullivan teaches, um, you know, I, I think they have enough talent that, that they will be able to at least, re, you know, remain afloat until they get their lineup reasonably intact. But if they don't, uh, you know, they could find themselves in a hole from which there would just be no escape because of how many teams they would have to climb over to get back into the, uh, you know, toward the top of the, the division or conference standing. So, uh, you know, it's going to be quite a challenge for them to, collect points early in the season, but, you know, it might turn out to be almost a matter of survival for them. You know, in, in listening to the, the picture you just painted, and I, and I completely agree with you, one player that could really kind of uh, put his stamp early on the season and maybe help kind of, uh, you know, gain some confidence at the end of the last year is I think Tristan Jari, you, you, you could say both goaltenders because both goaltenders are going to play, but Tristan Jari specifically uh, could really help himself and help uh, maybe the team's confidence in him by a, getting off to a real quick start. Now, last year, that wasn't the case. He struggled. Both of those guys struggled early, but I think they're going to need Jari to play really well in this, this, this time uh, with, with Crosby out and certainly give that carry those guys through to, to when Malkin comes back, you know, not only could they, the record be pretty good, but he would be feeling really good about his game again. Yeah. I mean, ultimately he's going to be judged on what he does in the playoffs, you know, without assuming, question, assuming they get into the playoffs, but yeah, it, it, no doubt that it would give him a little bit of a, a confidence boost and, and his teammates won in him. If he were to play very well, for them at the start of the season, maybe steal them a few points that they uh, wouldn't otherwise have been entitled to. I think that would uh, do uh, wonders for the, for the psyches of, of people on that team and the people who follow that team. You know, it's uh, he's not going to, no matter how good his regular season is, it won't matter if he doesn't have a, a good performance in the playoffs, but, you know, getting a, uh, Getting a good start to the season could, you know, make a make a huge difference for them, especially when they're going to have to try to squeeze points out of low scoring games. You you can't have your goaltender, you know, giving up freebies once or twice a night, or you're you're going to face an impossible challenge. All right, good stuff. We'll be back here for our second segment 
on the 6060-87 podcast. And a little bit later, we'll be joined by Andrew Gross from Newsday uh, to preview those pesky New York Islanders who will try to make another bid uh, to get to the Stanley Cup final this year. Stick with us here on the 6060-87 podcast. back to the 66 to 87 podcast uh, with Dave Molinari. Uh, we will be joined a bit later by uh, Andrew Gross from Newsday. Continue kind of kind of wrapping up our our uh, our look around the Metro Division. Although we still we still need to get to Chip Alexander in Carolina, considering they're probably one of the favorites in the division this year. But we will get to that. We have a special guest. We're hoping next week. Uh, but Dave, uh, the, the preseason, uh, depending on when 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 our listeners uh, hear this, will either be over or certainly wrapped up and almost wrapped up. And we started this preseason talking about what kind of surprises there might be. Um, what is uh, before we we actually get your 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 thoughts on that? I I, I do want to go over the list here that came out about guys that were sent back. Uh, Casper Bjork, Nathan Ligari, Sam Pullen, and the the real surprise, or maybe not a huge surprise given the the righty-lefty combination is P.O. Joseph. On that list, Dave, which of that group surprises you the most? None of them, really. Um, Yeah. I don't know that anybody except Borkfist's mom, you know, really thought he would have a shot at the NHL this season. Um, Hollander had never played in, in North America. You know, his, his pro experience had, had been in Europe. So he had to adjust to the, uh, you know, the, the smaller rink here uh, and to a lesser extent that the cultural differences. Uh, Legere, you know he's a uh, he's a work in progress, and and the same is true of, of Sam Poulin. They they both showed you know some you know reason to believe that that, that they'll be able to contribute here in the future, but they their their games are not refined to an, an NHL level yet. And I think P.O. Joseph uh, in, in the right setting uh, could take a regular shift in the NHL at this point in his career and acquit himself well enough. But, you know, the, the Penguins are, are pretty well set on the left side. And I've always felt that a, a young defenseman isn't going to suffer uh, from spending extra time in the minor leagues. I think that's the most difficult position in, in the game to master and that uh, that learning in in the American Hockey League is not a bad thing. I'm quite confident that when there are injuries or perhaps some guys who slumped this year, that we will see uh, P.O. Joseph back in uh, in Pittsburgh. And you know, I I don't think this is any sort of a uh, an expression of, of disappointment on the part of management in him. It's you know, it's just numbers. 
Yeah, and his brother, I mean, he certainly doesn't have to go outside the family to uh, understand you have to be patient. I know uh, Matthew uh, down in Tampa, who's just collected his second uh, Stanley Cup ring or certainly part of the second uh, championship, uh, has had to kind of wait to bide his time and get his chance and took advantage of it last year. So hopefully we get to see P.O. at, at some point. Uh, I, I'm sure we will up up up, up with it with the parent club uh dave another uh, uh youngster uh not not a teen or early 20 i don't know 23 24 is is young but th- that has kind of caught your eye and i think caught the eye of some some people within the organization um uh tell me a little about about what you've seen with drew o'connor yeah i think he's caught the eye of everybody with an eye uh, he, he has just had a really, really good camp. You know, he's, he's been used on the wing and at center and has, you know, looked quite comfortable in both settings. I believe, uh, three goals in, in three or four preseason appearances. Um, his game, he has made the kind of progress over the past year that I think the Penguins would love to see from Legere and Poulin. And for that matter, Hollander and, you know, every other young prospect in their organization, because he has just come light years um, since the, the start of last season. Uh, you know, whether he will be on the roster, you know, for the for the regular season opener in Tampa on on Tuesday night, we, we don't know yet. But I, for one, wouldn't want to have to be the one to make the case for why he shouldn't be on it. I mean, there are there are factors that come into play, you know, uh, not having to clear waivers, for example, to go to the American League or having a uh, a two way contract so that, you, you know, you cost the organization less if you're in the minors. But all of that aside, I, I, the way that uh, that O'Connor has performed in the during training camp and in the preseason games, I think it's just awfully tough to to keep him off this team. Uh, another guy who certainly isn't young, but but came to the to the the, the team uh, several weeks ago on a on a on a tryout contract was Brian Boyle. You've had a chance to see him a little bit. Uh, your impressions of 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 what he could possibly bring to this team. I think he could bring what what the Penguins were hoping he could bring. You know, he's a, a bottom six forward. He has, you know, he brings some size. He has some some physicality. He's not, you know, he's not a crushing hitter or anything. But he's, you know, he isn't going to shy away from the the physical play. He's a he's an effective penalty killer. He can be a good face off guy. You know, he's he's not a difference maker, but he, you know. He's a nice piece of the puzzle, and I, I will be shocked if they don't offer him a, a contract you know, before they open the season on Tuesday. You get a sense, too, in just listening to some of the – reading some of the stuff and, and hearing some of the stuff and knowing his history. He's also a good guy in the room, and sometimes that kind of becomes a cliche if you can't play, but it, it does seem like he's uh, ingratiated himself uh, with with his new teammates, yeah, and I mean they they have to respect not only what he's accomplished, but but the way he's worked in this camp. Um, obviously, he when you when you go into a camp on a on a tryout, you don't have the luxury of of not giving an honest effort, or you know you'll be back in the unemployment line pretty quickly. Um, 
but you know when when you look at the at the body of of work over the course of his career and how he's still committed uh, to extending that career and, and contributing to a team, I think it would be uh, tough for a young guy to not be impressed by that. The one thing that we did not do in the in the in the first segment we we talked all about the. Uh, the kind of the preview of this uh, of this going to be tough metro division, really tough Eastern Conference. We really didn't pin ourselves down on, as far as uh, prediction. Is this team a playoff team or is not? We 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 alluded to the fact that we both kind of thought they they were a borderline team last year. They ended up doing a little bit better, winning the division. So we've talked all about the the the, the challenges ahead. Uh, some of the young guys now kind of fading back into to the minors and the juniors. Is this a playoff team or not this coming season? I think it's a bubble team. Um, yeah. and, and I think it's fate, like those of quite a few others in the division and conference, will be determined by variables that we just can't know yet because you know they haven't happened, injuries and things like that. Um, if the Penguins are able to get reasonably healthy and, and stay that way, obviously it wouldn't happen for quite a while with Malkin out until at least December. Um, but, you know, they have the personnel that they could certainly finish in the, the top three or four in the division. But because the, the Metro is going to be so competitive, has so many good teams, um, you know, if they, uh, if they get a sluggish start, uh, they could find themselves behind a pack with a, uh, you know, with an awfully big challenge of, of trying to make up ground. So. There, there's not a whole lot of margin for error for them or for just about anybody else in that division this year. Okay. I think they make it. I think they may be a wild card team. Uh, but really, I that stuff to me doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Although, I swear we talked about home ice advantage last year. And you were the wise old sage who kept saying, they don't start well at home in the playoffs a lot of times. And you were absolutely right. I do think they make it, but I, I agree with you. It's going to be close. Uh, we'll see, but the great thing is we have regular season hockey back. Starts this week with a tough first two games uh, in Amelia Arena, home of the Stanley Cup, time defending Stanley Cup champs Tampa Bay, and then across Alligator Alley uh, for the Florida Panthers. So it's going to be a f- fun and probably wild ride. So we're just getting started, and when we come back, we're going to talk to Andrew Gross uh, of Newsday. Uh, covers the Islanders, a team that uh, – has knocked out the Penguins in the two of the last three or four years. So we'll hear about what this team has going for it this coming year. They move into a new arena. Stay with us here on the 66 to 87 podcast. to 87 podcast and as promised uh joining us now friend of the podcast his second appearance andrew gross from newsday andrew how you doing today hey tom dave great to uh great to talk to you and uh i hope everyone's well thanks so much for having me on yeah always a pleasure hey andrew uh since the last time we talked uh you know the narrative here in pittsburgh 
uh, is kind of that if Tristan Jari plays better in that six-game series uh, last spring, the outcome is likely different. Uh, are you buying that, or or do you think that, or and if you're not, what else do you think tipped that series in the Islanders' favor last spring? Well, I, I what I saw was the Islanders got better and better as that series went on. It took them maybe three, four games to really get their skates underneath them in terms of the playoffs. Um, but from maybe midway through the third game, and they lost the third game, uh, but, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth games, I really thought they were just the better team. And obviously, you know, as you mentioned, the, the Penguins had some serious goaltending issues and, and also some uh, some injury issues, if, if I recall as well. And, and I know that's carrying over uh, to start the regular season for the Penguins. But I, I, I just thought the Islanders' depth, was better and their and their ability to play in those close playoff games sort of swung the tide toward them and they were able able to overcome uh not having Anders Lee in their lineup uh whereas maybe the penguins got a little thin with their lineup now Andrew you're not allowed to to talk about the the next question in your first answer, but I will, I'll ask it anyway. What kind of boost do the Islanders do get with getting their captain, Anders Lee, back? And, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. but what kind of difference could he have made in that seven-game series against the Lightning? Yeah, I, I don't think it's unfair to speculate. I mean, the Islanders pushed the, the cup champion Lightning to game seven. They lost one nothing in Tampa. And I think it's easy to speculate that a healthy Anders Lee in the Islanders lineup, does it does it completely tilt the scales the Islanders' way? No, but I, I don't think the Islanders get shut out one nothing in Game 7 if Anders Lee is in that lineup. And, yeah, it's it, it, it's huge for this team uh, to get his, his net front presence back both you know, even strength, and he goes right back uh, with Matthew Barzell. And the Islanders are going to start out the season with uh, Lee and Barzell uh, trying Kyle Palmieri uh, in that right wing since Jordan Eberle got picked by the Seattle Kraken in the expansion draft. Uh, he's he's going to add goals, providing his knee is, is fine, his right knee, after a torn ACL. And there's been no indication from Anders or when I've watched him skate that, that he's really slowed or not the player he might have been before this injury. I, I think I, I think they rehabbed it pretty good here, and uh, Anders should definitely make an impact on the Islanders' lineup. You know, uh, one of the other stories this year involving the Islanders is a new building. Uh, now, me personally, I, I don't know about you, but I, I like to see all four corners of an arena when I go cover a game. Uh, with the Barclays Center now long gone out of the picture, thank goodness, I would have to think there's a ton of excitement about a franchise that, that's really starting to play well, had been in the conference finals the last couple of years, and moving into a new building. Yeah, and you know what? It's not just for this season. And, and yes, there's a, a ton of excitement. You know, there, there, there's still the, uh, the people who are like, I can't believe we're not going to play in Nassau Coliseum anymore. Well, you know, those people are also the ones – are going to be, you know, jumping up and cheering when they don't miss half a period waiting online in the men's room, you know? <laughs> so I, 
it's not just for this season because, uh, you know, as I mentioned before we started recording, I, I've taken three construction tours. And on the last one, we got a really good look at the, the, the home team's dressing room and their player lounge and the secondary dressing room where the, the players really hang out that the media is never allowed into. And they have a two-story workout room back there. It's, it, it's palatial. It really is. And uh, it, it kind of mirrors what they've done at their, you know, now still semi-new practice uh, facility, uh, which is right by Nassau Coliseum. And, and the difference here is the Islanders are, are now going to make some money off of their home arena, which they, they really couldn't make money off of Nassau Coliseum. It was just so small, so antiquated. Uh, the, the concourses were were very tight, and yeah, it, it had character, but from a pure business standpoint, it, it was a money loser. And now you have this state of the art uh, facility that, let, let's face it, it, it's designed to put money into the Islanders' coffers. And the, the way, as I mentioned, the, the palatial, you know, uh, amenities for the players plus the money coming in. And that practice facility, the Islanders are, are no longer going to be a joke on the free agent market or, or in attracting players. They can legitimately compete now with the best of the other NHL franchises when it comes to being a spot that players might want to come to. And, and I think that's huge because, let's face it, that has not been the Islanders since the mid 1980s since you know right right when that Stanley Cup run was ending once that was over the Islanders became a, a much less attractive landing spot for a lot of guys and uh, I, I think that's over I, I think uh, the, the Islanders are going to be a financial force now um, and uh, I, I think it's not just for this season but you know over the 10 seasons, you know, the Islanders really have the potential to grow into a really, really, really stable franchise. Yeah, Andrew, one of the strengths of that team, it, uh, I'd say from, from a distance, is the tandem of Varlamov and Sorokin in goal. How do you expect them to share the workload this season? Is, is there one guy you expect to carry, get the brunt of the starts, or will it be a fairly even split? Well, uh, I'll tell you, I would say all things being equal, it would probably be more of an equal split in the regular season. And then when you get to the playoffs, Barry Trotz has shown, you know, a preference for Semyon Varlamov and, you know, or, or really gone with the, uh, the hotter goalie, um, which has been Varlamov really the past two seasons. But uh, I'm not quite sure Semyon, when, when Semyon Varlamov is going to be available. Um, he's missed pretty much all of training camp. He's uh, with, with quote-unquote soreness, uh, unspecified soreness. And the Islanders say it, it's precautionary and they're, they're just easing him in slowly because it's such a marathon of a season. Plus, you got the fact that he's going to be involved in the Olympics. So uh, the, the Islanders are saying they're taking it, uh, you know, very precautionary. Uh, on the other hand, though, we, we haven't seen Varley skate at all. Um, and, you know, finally Barry Trotz articulated the fact that, yeah, he might not be ready for the October 14th opener 
at Carolina, and it really opens the door to, well, when will he be ready? How, you know, how much time will Semyon Varlamov miss? Now, you know, one of the things Barry Trotz says is, you know, he's not concerned because he's got Ilya Sorokin. And as you know, you guys saw Ilya Sorokin acquitted himself pretty well in the playoffs against the Penguins. And uh, there, there's not a huge drop off or Lamov to Sorokin, if at any, but you're, you're, you're chipping away at the, at the goalie depth without Varlamov because that makes Corey Schneider uh, the backup to start the season. And look, Corey, uh, I covered him when he was the, the devil's number one netminder, and you, you couldn't root for a better guy. But the, the hip injuries that he suffered through just have diminished his skills as an NHL goalie. I don't know whether, you know, how, how much of it he ever gets back. Um, so the, the goalie depth is a little bit of a question to start the season. Oh, if Varlamov thinks he has an issue with unspecified soreness now, just wait till he gets older. <laughs> um, and sp- speaking of, of being older, the Islanders are, are one of the, the oldest teams in the league. Uh, how long, as things stand now, do you think the window for them to seriously contend for a championship will be open? It's a really good question because, uh, as I mentioned, you know, yeah, I think they have to be the oldest team once you bring in 37-year-old Zach Parisi and 44-year-old Zdeno Chara. That, that's got to push them over the edge, right? You got 38-year-old Andy Green on defense. Uh, the fourth line is all 30 and above. Josh Bailey is uh, 30 and above right now. Um, you know, uh, Brock Nelson and Jean-Gabriel Pajot are kind of hitting that. Semyon Varlamov is over 30. But you still have, you know, yeah, you got three defensemen in Adam Pellick, Ryan Pulak, and Scott Mayfield who are, you know, who are in their primes of their NHL career. Matthew Barzell is still just 24. Anthony Bovillier, even though it seems like he's been in the league, you know, in more than a you know five six years, he I, he's still twenty four. Um, they they do Oliver Wallstrom is a young player. Uh, Noah Dobson on defense is still just twenty one, and they have some good defense prospects, uh, Robin Sallow and Samuel Bolduck. So, and, and and as I said, because of this new arena, they're going to be able to attract free agents. So, this group, I would say has a one to two year Stanley Cup window here um, before some heavy uplifting needs to be done. But the the Islanders now have the wherewithal to do that uplifting. Um, I I guess the bigger question really is how long does Lou Lamarillo stick around to, uh, you know, get the Islanders into the next phase of whatever, wherever the organization needs to go. Uh, you mentioned Lou. Um, you've obviously been around this game for for a lot of years. Have Have you seen a better GM coach pairing tandem uh, than Lou Lamorello and Barry Trotz? They just seem to be so in sync. Yeah, with, well, uh, what they want to do and and the, the players that it takes to do it. Yeah, no, you know, it's funny. My my first thought was Lou and Jacques Lemaire with the Devils who are absolutely in lockstep. But, yeah, no, uh, 
when they brought in Barry Trotz, they brought in a coach who was at the absolute top of his game, uh, of the game, coming off a, a Stanley Cup with the uh, with the Washington Capitals. So, you know, there are a lot of really good coaches in this league. Uh, I mean, Mike Sullivan uh, is proven. I, I can't believe Sully is entering his seventh season already. Um, you know, <laughs> that's amazing to me. But yeah, Lou. Lou keeps winning GM of the year awards and, and Barry Trotz seems like he's a perennial candidate for the Jack Adams. So, uh, you know, I, I would say right now, as you look around the league, uh, if they're not, you know, the best, they're they're in the top two or three. Yeah. Well, good stuff, Andrew. Uh, we'll see you soon enough. Uh, Dave sends his regrets that he will no longer be staying at the Marriott. <laughs> across the, the 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 parking lot at the old Nassau Coliseum, uh, but in all seriousness, it'll be great. Uh, I know you're going to be on the road for a while. Thirteen games. Well, thirteen yeah. games. I'm I'm not to not to whine about my life here, but as you know, the the Islanders and Lou Lamarillo are the only team not allowing some form of in-person media access. Lou has declared that it's still going to be Zoom only. Um, <laughs> oh, so, boy. So I have I booked the first six games, but it's a real question of how long I stay on the road because from a business standpoint, it, it, it might not make much sense paying for all that airfare and uh, and all those hotels and meals and, and car rental just to get the same Zoom access that someone sitting on their couch back home is getting. So yeah, that, that's, yeah. that's where I am right now. I'm not happy about it. Um, you know, we've we've pushed the league to maybe try and push Lou a little bit on this, but you you guys know how stubborn Lou is. Once he makes <laughs> up his mind, Lou has made up his mind and pushback against them only entrenches him even further so yeah yeah unfortunately well well, thanks a lot we will catch up with you a little bit later hopefully in the season and that's it for us this week uh for andrew gross uh dave molinari this is tom reed uh we'll talk to you next week on the 66 to 87 podcast